baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop, Jamie Foxx, Tabor running the board on this Monday, the 30th day of April 2018. Thank you, folks, for joining us this morning and making us a small but vitally important part of your life. We're brought to you by someone who is very important, Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. Hey, if you love and care about your pet, go check out Dr. Weber. It's uh, it's like having the veterinarian that's your friend that you've always wanted. He will take care of your special animal. Go see him on US 165 North, 318-345-4545, 345 Smarmy Smart Ugly texts are welcome. 888-993-7762, 888-993-7762. Sign it in the town you're from, please, when you shout out to us. That is sponsored by the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union uh, for our text line. So over the weekend, and thanks to uh, to Kevo on Friday uh, for filling in with uh, with Jamie. I always appreciate uh, Kevo or Mark jumping in for me when the case arises. But uh, I haven't talked to him in a couple days. Got a couple of stormy text messages from him, which is about mm-hmm. normal. But uh, top of the morning to you, Jamie Fox. Good morning, Mr. Controversial and Charismatic. Welcome back from uh, Fort Benning. Congratulations again on being the father of an Army Ranger. Uh, kudos again. Those of you who haven't uh, are not aware, and I, I am going to take a little editorial privilege here to congratulate you and the family again. Terry, that's just an incredible accomplishment, and we're all very proud of you and your family. Uh, but also, uh, some state champs. And in softball, we had uh, a few here locally, uh, and some folks who went deep into the playoffs, Washita, Oak Grove, Cedar Creek, and Caldwell, came home with all the hardware. Uh, Mangum Forest, uh, runner-ups, I believe, West Monroe made it to the quarters, and West Washita to the semis so we uh, uh represented well down in sulfur uh in this area so congrats to all those on a great season not just the chance but those who uh who gave it all and uh the draft of course happened this weekend as well boston scott uh drafted by the saints uh tommy clapp and we'll get into a little bit more of that uh as we get into the show uh terry but uh yeah a lot of things a lot of buzz around the lsu players where and when they were drafted and leading up to the draft and uh so anyway and and speaking of dr weber i know a few people i'd like to spay and neuter but uh anyway that's for another day and and four more beers but uh anyway how (laughs) how was your week how was your weekend overall my weekend was great jamie and uh, tim i appreciate the well wishes yeah we're you know we were we were proud a lot of people knew he was going through uh to ranger school i didn't say a lot about it uh, again, I'm not military. Both my sons are. My dad was. And immense respect for those cats. But, uh, yeah, just, just good stuff. Appreciate it. I've, I've got about 40 texts here all of a sudden. I appreciate all you guys out there. I might try to get him on sometime when he gets up here. But, uh, Jamie, I want to get into this. But the weekend was good, man. It was long. Uh, oh, by the way, congratulations to my high school alma mater, the Washita yes. Lady Lions, for coming from way behind to claim a state championship and all the local teams that won and just getting there 
quite yeah, the trip, quite privilege, honor. quite the treat, quite the honor. So, uh, as Richie Abiembo says, LaSalle did too. Coverage does reach that far. So, congratulations to LaSalle. Yeah, don't worry. Richie's on top of it. Yeah, Richie's on top of it. Uh, I do want to get into uh, to Darius Geis. Uh, Darius Geis, uh, would free fall be the operative word, Jamie? Yeah, I, I think that, that's that's a good start. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things, you know, led up to the draft uh, about whether questions he was asking. I don't know whether – Darius Geis, I think the term, I don't want to say the word lie, but shades the truth, maybe comes into my mind, um, stretches the truth. But uh, something isn't something isn't connecting. And, uh, frankly, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, Sean had told me before that he said, Dad, he's going to go in the 60s. And he went 59th. Uh, I was actually surprised Arden Key went as high as he did based upon his pre-draft issues. Um I'm pulling for both. Of, by the way, I mean, particularly Darius Geis. I mean, I know I don't know what Arden Key's situation was growing up, but we do know what Darius Geis's was, and I think he has the potential to be. You know, I think overall he's a he's a great kid, but I don't know. I think there's maturity issues. You heard whether, and again, we don't know now. There's conflicting reports on how the Eagles' visit went, whether he you know blew up in that or they blew up at him or, or whatever, but. Darius Geis is going to be at the Washington Redskin uh, if if indeed he makes the team, which he probably probably should. But uh, let's hope that um, whatever demons he has that are kind of troubling him right now, or that they can at least be, uh, you know, it's always good to be upfront and honest. And I just don't know, I don't know the issues. I said before this draft, and and I think where Toby Weathersby and um, who else went? didn't get Kevin Tolliver? I said before, all of these kids, in my estimation, and, of course, this is just my estimation, they certainly don't pay me and they certainly don't listen to me. Uh, but then again, not a whole lot of people do. I thought it was a mistake for even Geis and Key to go. Uh, Geis probably, from a running back, that's the one that made the most sense. But you can see now, there's what are the what are the things we bring up, Terry? Yeah, you can go based on your ability, but some of these guys don't have the maturity or the moxie to handle. William Claps like finished in four and five years. I'd hated to see him go. I think he'd have gone higher had he stayed. But anyway, uh, you know he's a smart kid. Darius and and Arden Key, you know, you just hold your breath. You really do. Um, I think they've all got the ability to do it, uh, but you know, can you stay straight and will you reach? At a three, you know, he's got first. He said he's got first. Well, you got to prove it. You got to prove it, and you'll get your opportunities once you get into camp. But you can't go out, you know, blowing. You know, you got to be straight in in every way, shape, and form to make it. They're not going to pay you just because of your ceiling and what they think you're going to be. You've got to be able to have be productive on the field, and you got to keep your nose clean off, literally and figuratively. So, well, now let's be I, fair with Darius Geis. He's never had an off the field incident that, that we know of. All right, let's 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 point that out. Let's be fair with that. Uh, I do want to get into this, and this is uh, this is a guy that that wrote this article called Greg Gabriel, and he has been a talent uh, evaluator 
uh, in the NFL for like 30 years. He's a, he's a former director of the Chicago Bears scouting. And so this guy's got a few skins on the wall. Uh, no pun intended there. But he breaks this stuff down. And this is not specific to Geist, but I think you could uh, you could put it in there. And he's talking about, everybody talks about character concerns. How do we do this? So I want to kind of walk you through, and again, this guy was the, the lead scout for the Chicago Bears. So uh, gets a little bit of credibility here. Every, uh, every scout that they have in their organization, there's a scouting cycle that begins literally here probably this week. And each scout has a list of prospects for the schools in the area. So they geographically break this thing down, Jamie. And it was the, scout, the responsibility of every scout to know the history of every player they had an interest in. So it's almost like recruiting in the sense that here are the guys that we have potential interest in, and it's like a funnel. It's like sales. If you need to have 10 sales, if you're a car dealership and you need 10 sales a week, well, there is a ratio, there is a formula that says, hey, to get 10 sales to spit out the bottom of the machine into the funnel at the top, the sales funnel, I need 200 people to come on my car lot. Uh, out of that 200 people, 100 or 50 of them are, are, are going to have no money. They have no chance. 150 left. Out of that 150, maybe, you know, 100 will come back the second time. Maybe 50 will take a test drive. Uh, and, and you come up with 10. Anyway, there's a number there. There's always a number in, in any type of business that's sales-oriented. Uh, and it fluctuates a little bit, but it's pretty much what it is. Anyway, if everybody knows what they're going to get draft picks every year, and so the scouts are given a list of players, uh, potentially. And your job is to know everything about them. Now, I can speak on the NBA side of things because I've had several kids that played for me that went through this process. Uh, I would think it's the same identically for the NFL. Although the NBA is a lot more strenuous simply because there's only two rounds in the NBA and there's a lot fewer of them. So the logistics of it is easier, but the stakes are even higher. The NFL, you can pick really good draft picks up uh, late in the draft or even as a free agent. I had a great friend of mine. Uh, it was a high school coach in Texas. His son was a wide receiver. Uh, Marchy Murdoch at uh, Iowa State this year just signed a free agent deal with the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, thrilled uh, for, for Marchy and his family. Uh, just and, You know, since we're talking about character, that's a young man that has exquisite character, as does the family, and has uh, obviously Division One talent, Big 12 talent. So uh, I, I was a Cowboys fan before. I'm even more so of one now. But going back to our guy, Gabriel, he would tell the scouts, and I'm quoting here, you can miss on a player's talent because we have other people who are going to evaluate it. You can't miss on the character. That puts a lot of pressure on the scout as it should. When we say we know the history of a player, that's what we mean. The scout's got to know his background, not only his college, but his high school. Prospect could have been a really good kid in, high, in college, but had some problems in high school. We need to know exactly what the problem was and figure out if it's a one-time thing or something that we need to be concerned with going forward. Now, there's all kind of privacy laws, Jamie, and they talked about that. But good scouts are going to find stuff out. Uh, that's what you do as a college recruiter. i got to know about you. I've got to know what issue. If you've been arrested, i got to know it. Is it you had five speeding tickets? Did they catch you with eight pounds of weed in your trunk? I mean, what's the deal? Did you shoplift something? Did you, uh, 
Is there a DUI? Is there a drug issue? The scouts are going to talk to college coaches, and the college coaches, by and large, are going to be truthful because that's their credibility on the line. But the other side to it is this. They're probably not going to tell you some of the negative things simply because they don't want it to hurt them with the player recruiting because they've got to, after that player leaves, they've still got to recruit. And so, I, you know, I hearken back to the Les Miles uh, sign on the door a couple years ago. Hey, don't recruit. And he had a list of seven or eight kids up there because they won't go to wait, they won't go to waits on time. They won't show up to class. They don't take care of their business. And so that was Les's way of telling the scouts, hey, you're not welcome to come in here and talk to these guys because they're not taking care of what they need to take care of. Uh, a lot of times, and it's funny how it works, Jamie Fox. I know when I would get information recruiting college or high school kids, the people that I would talk to, school janitor, cafeteria mm-hmm. people, the guidance counselor, the English teacher, the assistant principal, people that interact with this kid every single day, the, the freshman coach, not the head varsity coach, you deal with him, freshman coach, they're gonna if they have a strength and conditioning guy, that's always good. Because they're going to see a different side of kids. And you put all that together. I'm trying to get the most possible information that I can and trying to make a rational decision based on that. And you will run up on people that simply don't like a kid. And they will do everything they can to derail it. I used to count that about like the Russian uh, judges in the Olympics. You take out the top score, you throw it out. You take out the bottom score, you throw that one out. And what you're left with? is uh, pretty much a synopsis of that person at that given time. Uh, They talk about interviewing the players. Here's something I want you to get, Jamie. When the the NFL asks a question, I know it was reported, because they asked Jacob Hester, hey, uh, have you ever cheated on your wife? Well, they already know the answer to this question. When they ask Darius Geis, hey, do you like dudes? Or what was the other one? Hey, your mother sells herself. How do you feel about that? Folks, they already know the answer to the question. Or they might just be trying to throw you off. The NFL and Roger Goodell, who has less credibility than Fidel Castro regime, uh, said they didn't find any uh, indication of that happening. Uh, I don't know who I would trust less, Roger Goodell's NFL or, you know, I don't know, the North Korean de-escalization with the nuclear taxes, one of the two. However, uh, I want to get into December, February, December through February as they prepare for the draft as the college season gets over because this is where it gets really interesting on um, what the scouts do and how they break stuff down. And I'm going to tie this back in the next section, Jamie, with the LSU kids dropping significantly and our character issues at the core of this and how does that relate for LSU recruiting going forward because it will be used against them. It's the Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waller, Jamie Fox. All things character in the NFL draft. When we return, oh, by the way, LeBron was incredible yesterday in Game 7. When we return, we will talk about this. This segment brought to you by our friends at G.B. Cooley and Vincent, reminding you to support an incredibly worthwhile cause, Louisiana Special Olympics. Back in a minute. Welcome back in. Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Foxx. On a Monday, the 30th day of April 2018, this segment sponsored by our friend Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney of law. Don't delay. Call Bobby today, 318-324-1411. Bobby Manning, attorney at law. All right, Jamie, so we were hitting on this uh, this cycle, this recruiting cycle, or the vetting process, if you will, for the for the NFL players. 
And it starts, like, literally this week. They start getting a list together and narrowing that list down. Uh, Gabriel, uh, the former director of scouting for the Bears, Chicago Bears, said, look, in December through February, we eliminate players because of, A, lack of talent, or B, character. There are times when the player with a character problem is so talented that we don't eliminate it. And more research has to be done, and that can conclude that it can include interviews with the player himself. And here's something interesting. He said, when interviewing a player, it's good to know the truth about a situation before we talk to it. That way, know if the player is trying to con us. If that occurs, we would always eliminate the player right then and there because we couldn't trust him. If a player is sincere and honest, it always makes it easier on both the player and in making a decision. Because there's a decision where the player had a poor home life, poor upbringing. If he had an incident in the past that could have been related to his home life and made positive changes while away from home, then we have the hope that his love for football and his maturity will keep him straight going forward. Obviously, we can be wrong and guess wrong in these situations, and we have to get rid of the player early in his career. When that happens, you look back and ask, what did we do wrong in the process? Once you get burned, you never want that to happen again. He talked about other cases that they won't tolerate. Uh, this is sex-related crimes or abusive women because that's something we took seriously, and there was no way that they would draft that player because drug tests, positive drug tests, were dealt with differently. If it's a single positive test, uh, the interview process would also help us making a decision. If it's multiple positive tests, then we know the player has a problem and would go into the process before making a decision. Um, so, Jamie, there's a Gordon. lot to this. Yeah. Right? There's a yeah, lot. Exactly. To this. Yeah, and it, and it is it is still an inexact science, but he basically admits that. Um, Arden Key, I think, is uh, is one that that comes to mind that 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 I saw, um, because I think he, you know, he missed the, the thing. I have a problem with him. I think if Arden Key had come back, I know he's got first round talent. I think he and he and he came back and he came back straight. I think he would have been a first round choice, maybe the first. You know, part of maybe two top ten drafted in next year's draft, but you know, you you understand, we don't know what his financial situation was with his family. Um, I will just say this: this is like you know, I don't know if cats really have nine lives. I doubt it, and NFL careers don't have nine lives. But we've seen a lot of people be able to to and and, and now both Darius Geis and Key have life changing money about to be given to them if they haven't received some of it already. That is my – I mean, Joe Mixon comes to mind. And nothing against jewelry because I love – you know, no one can appreciate a nice uh, piece of jewelry than I do. But I will say this, $200,000 on jewelry, Drew Brees spent about $9 million. <laughs> And look what, look what happened to him. So, you know, and I would say, I dare say that people would probably trust Drew Brees' judgment over Joe Mixon, but both of them got scammed, in my opinion. Um, what do you do with your? That's the thing. You've got to, It's a very short career. Uh, if you're lucky, the Jason Wittens of this world are an anomaly. You don't see many of them. Fifteen-year career in the NFL is almost unheard of, particularly at, at the running back. So, what do you do when you have this opportunity in front of you? Does it? You have to be able to make good decisions and. In Darius Geis' defense, he didn't have – fortunately, he had people coming to his life, I'll bet a little bit later than 
probably it should have been, but he had people in his life come into him and try to keep him on the straight and narrow. He didn't stay with his mother's house. He didn't, you know, not against it, anything against his mother, but just trying to keep him out of harm's way. Um, if you're a kid that's gotten that kind of opportunity, don't blow it. Don't blow it. And Arden Key, same thing. Um, but, Terry, I don't know. I mean, am I just, you know, people will look at me and say, well, you're just, you know, you're, you're white privileged. You grew up, you're, you know, you had all this sort of thing. Well, no, not really. But, I mean, if that were the case, I'd still be have a job in corporate America. But that didn't happen probably because of those things like that. So I was not privileged like that, but I did have – I didn't have – I've never really had to worry about a meal. That's true. But I still think you have to have people in your life that can guide these kids, and that's what I'm worried about. We have a uh, pro source here, Jeff Guerrero, who advertises with us. I ask – I can't remember, it was Rick, I believe, one of his, his agents – I specifically asked him, and he was very open and honest with me, and I really appreciated it. My deal was, okay, you got a Cam Robinson or whoever that worked that you signed on to your agency. Do you have any kind of financial acumen, lessons, classes, whatever you give them, so these kids can make these paychecks stretch? A million dollars is a lot of money, right? We think it is. Well, it's really not. It's really not. And um, particularly if you don't know how to manage it. So uh, that's my concern about both of these guys is they have life-changing opportunities in front of them. Uh, when I lived in Alabama, I think of Rolando McClain, who probably cost himself a career, he, he, at least three to five years of his career because of his off-field actions. He's still getting arrested in Decatur, Alabama. Uh, Reuben Foster, too. There were red flags all over those two coming out. Bama took the chance on them because they were so damn good. So – you know, Terry, am I am, am I just uh, – you can accuse, go ahead and, and hit me with it. Am I just living in a, uh, a bubble or am I being too judgmental? Am I being too harsh? I don't want these kids to fail is really – when you pull, peel away the layers of the onion, the bottom line is I don't want these kids to fail. Well, I mean, people – there's a couple different trains of thought on this. All right, I, I've been through it a couple times on the uh, NBA side of things in terms of players that we had. They're trying to get ready. They're doing their preparation on the draft. And, again, they'll go in and talk to everybody. They're going to know everything about you. The concerning thing with Darius Geis, I mean, it's not one or two things. It's all of these things keep cropping up. And I say these things, we're not sure what they are. You know, he had a, he given – I think sometimes he's his own worst enemy – and I would tell you this for Darius Guy specifically, and, and I don't know him. I wish him well. A lot of times it's the advisors, Jamie, of, of people and who you're dealing with. And whoever was advising him, I don't think did a very good job because he basically said, hey, I have to change who I am going into these interviews because they won't let me be me. You're already a problem, and you're not on a roster. Uh, you're already telling people you're going to have to – I mean, it's just – it's a bad look, and you're a running back. Arguably the second-best running back in the draft. Maybe three behind Chubb and Barkley. Uh, certainly in the top three. Maybe top two. But you dropped to 59. Nobody is going to deal with a flake. And that, Josh Rosen drops to 10. He's probably more talented than the other guys they took ahead of him. He's a flake. And, and again, he's a quarterback. Different deal. 
Baker Mayfield. In my opinion, Johnny Manziel 2.0. Then again, I didn't do the vetting on Baker Mayfield. You know, maybe he has a huge issue, a chip on his shoulder, with about being a former walk-on and never giving him much respect and able to go in and do what he accomplished in Oklahoma. More power to him. You got guys, at the end of this article, this Gabriel guy said, look, not only does it matter about how these guys do in the draft or how they do when we get them on our team, because if you make wrong decisions, you're out of a job. And so better safe than sorry a lot of times. There are issues with players. It will come up. Sometimes you're not going to know what they are. Sometimes you will. It'll eventually come out. When Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reports Darius Geis and the Eagles were screaming at each other, do you not believe that? I mean, maybe it was a misunderstanding. Who knows? But as a general rule, when you go into a job interview and you end up screaming in a screaming contest with the people that are interviewing you, yeah, it's not good. Folks, this is the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. They're deciding whether or not you should be considered for a spot on the team. The NFL is a finite organization. There are only so many number of roster spots available. And so you're not entitled to be in the NFL. Or you're not entitled to be in the NBA. You're not entitled to be in college, for that matter. Those are things that are earned through your academics, through your their athletic pursuits, combination thereof. And so there's a lot of issues out there. Jamie, no, you're not being – look, people are like, well, they have a right to do what they want. No, they really don't because you're working for a private business, a private entity. You know, if you want – you know, if you're working for a company that they make the American flag, that's what they do, and you show up with an anarchy shirt, they're probably not going to keep you. Now, on your days off, if you want to go out there with your anarchy shirt and I hate the U.S., you know, that's probably your prerogative. So you put it on social media and you cause embarrassment to the company. And that goes on any side of the political spectrum. You know, people are hiring you for a job. How can you make our football team better? If you have issues coming in, Darius Guys was going to wear something. Uh, you know, he talked about it before. He's going to wear something flashy and just, uh, you know, very where you need sunglasses to see the suit type deal, and then they talked him into being more conservative. Sometimes a little more conservative helps. Uh, it's not my personality. Well, you know, sometimes you have to change your personality. You know, how many people you think had a chance to be drafted, Jamie? There's a lot of people that would have liked to have been drafted that were not able to. So sometimes that entitlement will get you in trouble. It's going to come out on guys at some point. But I'm going to leave you with this, and we're going to take our break. The fact that a lot of LSU players, I say a lot, several uh, in the not-too-distant future, have had their character questioned, and it's led to a drop in NFL draft status. How does that affect LSU's recruiting of high school kids moving forward? Because you got another guy this year from up in North Louisiana that's an exceptional player that had a, some issues in high school. How is that going to affect his draft status? And will this affect the LSU recruiting for years to come? Because there are people that will use that against them like you would not believe. You know, this is Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Foxx. This segment brought to you by Mr. Bobby Manning. Attorney Law, tremendous North Louisiana attorney. Specializes in criminal defense, wrong death, personal injury, whatever you need. Bobby's the man for you. Don't delay. Call him today. 318-324-1411. Bobby Manning, attorney at law. Jamie and I will be back in a minute. 
Welcome back in. Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Fox rolling here on a Monday, the 30th day of April 2018. Thank you again for spending a little part of your morning with us. We're excited that you are on board. You can reach out to us, 888-993-7762, 888-993-7762, which is the Washita Valley Federal Credit Union text line. Uh, Jamie, I want to shift gears just a minute and go to the NBA and read you a headline from Yahoo Sports. Uh, and it sort of segues from our last character background check. And here you go. The report, the New York Knicks are focusing on Mike Budenholzer, David Blatt, with background check. Now, the New York Knicks have a head coaching opening. Again, they're trying to get it right. Sands Phil Jackson out of there. And they are doing background checks. They are vetting the head coaches that they are seriously considering. Uh, David Blatt, who was with uh, Cleveland for a while, this is before LeBron got back. Uh, LeBron got back, and David Blatt from Israel, a very successful European coach. Blatt apparently turned off a lot of the NBA players because he he demanded up front that they respect him because of what he had success in Europe, and the NBA players uh, could care less about that. And so there was an instant disconnect, and when he lost LeBron early on, it was just a matter of time before he was shown the door. Now, did David Blatt learn from his experience? Uh, Would it make him a better fit to coach uh, Porzingis? Good question. Uh, Budenholzer is a real detail-oriented guy. uh, He builds the culture if they'll give him the space to do it, if they're patient. Uh, He was a a long lead-time assistant to Popovich down in San Antonio. It's a question, but they're doing background checks on the coaches, Jamie, because they want to know what makes these guys tick before I hand them the keys to my operation. So we do background checks. That's why they make you list references on resumes. And people that know what they're doing will check those references. This is a list of people you put together that will say good things about you. All right? This is something you're giving them. And so we all have people that don't like us or would torpedo us at the drop of a hat. Everybody has that in a world. Well, you know, yeah, pretty much everybody. There's somebody that doesn't like everybody. But you're putting all these pieces together and you try to make the best decision. I think going forward, Jamie, it hurts LSU recruiting because the recruiting pitch is going to go something like this. Like, dude, did you see where Darius Geis got drafted? That guy was the second-best player running back in the draft. And at LSU, that guy went to 59th. Why do you want to go there? They have a lot of guys coming out, and their LSU guys are getting labeled. And it's hard to answer that effectively. No, I, you see I agree with you. It's not a good look. Um, but at the same time, people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. You could say this about every SEC school, for example. No, you can't. About no, you can't. Absolutely. No, 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 no. Stop. No, you can't. Vanderbilt? Absolutely, you can't. No. Vanderbilt? You cannot, no, oh, come Vanderbilt on. Has, Wait a minute. Has, no, 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 no. Have you, are you familiar with the Georgia Bulldogs arrest record? Are yes, you familiar with Alabama's? Are you familiar with yes. Florida's? Antonio Callaway? Come on. You mean give I me mean, a difference? Let, let me give you the difference. Those guys, by and large, are not plummeting in the draft as a result of it. Antonio Callaway went fourth, fifth in the draft, sixth maybe. 
yes, he did. He did fall in the draft, and he was first round talent. Um, As a general rule, LSU guys are dropping significantly further than probably what a lot of other people are. It goes on everywhere. Everybody's got problems. No question about that. My question is: LSU starting to get labeled as having that type of player? You, you I agree that it's it's a bad look. You're going to have to dispel a lot of it. But again, if you're LSU, you've got to use the same th- tactic. You got to say, well, wait a minute. Um, Darius Geis has a pro. Never, you know, look at he never got arrested for dope that we know of. He never got arrested for shoplifting. He never assaulted a woman. He never, uh, you know, he was always at practice. He was always, he, he just has a, I think Darius Geis has a problem telling the truth sometimes is what it sounds like to me. Uh, one of the raps on him was that he plays too many video games. That was a rap on him. But as far as an arrest record sheet, I don't know, quite frankly, I don't think he even got in a bar fight, and in, in, in Jeremy Hill did, and look what happened there. He got drafted pretty high. So, does LSU have problems? Yeah, they do. I mean, New Orleans, I mean, all you got to do is pick up, uh, pull up the Times-Picayune every morning and see the murder rate and everything else going down there. It's a bad environment. Uh, you can't help that. Um, to some extent, it's, it's impossible unless you get kids out of that environment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, will it be used against them? I'm not going to disagree with you on that, Terry. It will be used as 100%. negative recruiting. 100%. Yeah, I, I do. I do, but for Nick Saban who has pulled more crap to get kids out of, out of hot water and car. I mean, what is it? Okay, I told you when, when he and Hootie and Cam Robinson got arrested, get ready for this. They're going to ride in the Tuscaloosa police cars. They're going to have to run stadiums. There was discipline behind the scenes. But I knew darn good and well he wasn't going to kick those kids off the team, particularly Robinson. And rightfully so. It. And no, well, and rightfully so. I know people are going to get upset when I say that. I don't no, care I'm what not college disappointed he didn't kick them off. But I think that's why one reason why the DA made the judgment he made is he knew that potentially down the road Cam Robinson was going to be a productive – he'll at least have a bunch of money in his pocket and he'll be a tax-paying, honest, law-abiding citizen. For the most part, that's what your hope is for Cam Robinson, and he will. I'm pretty sure he will. But that doesn't negate the fact there was a stolen – gun in the car there was you know and whatever i mean terry in five years this is all probably going to be a mute issue anyway because dope's going to be legalized anyway right so at that point it'll be a mood issue but as of right now huh now i have a different i have a different take on that one okay and i you know i I look and of course me i get controversial i'm just telling you from my experience uh as a college coach and, and just as a human, number one, the, the thing with with Sims and or I'm sorry, with Robinson and those Hootie, it was uh, a situation where the the drugs were minuscule. They smoked it all. There was nothing left. All right, and so it's not like the the crime spree started at three o'clock in the morning in Forsyth after they're smoking weed, saying, "Hey, look, can't wait till the bank opens at nine o'clock. We can go rob it." Uh, the crime spree didn't start like that. It was a terrible lack of judgment. I think everybody acknowledges that. So if you're Nick Saban or you are Coach Holtz or you are Orgeron or whoever the case may be, the question becomes, can I help my players 
what serves better, kicking them off the team or handling it internally? And everybody's like, well, they're really good players, so that's why nothing happened to them. If you go look at the statutes, and I talked to four attorneys on this just to make sure I was right, and I was. Nobody goes to jail over, over that charge. Nobody. The stolen gun is concerning. I'll give you that one. But then again, nobody knew who it was. So you're going to prosecute all four of them? I could sell you my gun today, and you lied for $300. I'll sell you my Glock 26. I got two of them. And, Jamie, I could have went on a seven-straight murder spree, and I sold you my gun, and you wouldn't know. And, again, you're innocent until proven guilty. Am I making excuses for them? No. What I'm telling people is there's some extenuating circumstances out there. Now, here's the thing about criminals. If they get off once or maybe twice, folks, criminals are the most easily identifiable people, identifiable people on the planet. They're going to do criminal things. All right? That's what they, that's what they do. Thieves and criminals, they, they, they do stuff like that. And so it's going to crop back up. And so with guys, nothing came up about him that we know of, but there's a reason he fell to where he did. A big personality, dude, you got people with big personalities everywhere. Uh, from, from Johnny Manziel to Cam Newton, that ain't it. There's something out there that has not come to surface yet, and it will at some point. And I hope I'm wrong. I'm just telling you, as a as somebody like the guy, the Gabriel guy, the head scout for the Chicago Bears, and he got 32 of them in the NFL, they get paid to be right. You leverage it. So if the guy's a first-round pick, maybe you pick him up in the fourth or fifth round and you leverage that risk. You mitigate that risk-reward ratio because the higher the risk, the higher reward, okay. But if you're a high-risk guy and medium to low reward, uh, no thank you. That, that's just the way it is. So uh, <laughs> FS said, if I get caught with a stolen gun and weed in my car, I'm going to get arrested. And they were, FS. They, they absolutely were. Uh, but the, the adjudication on that was exactly right. And, and I don't care whether anybody had Nick Saban's been. No, he's not. He doesn't have to. Any attorney is going to be able to get clients out of that. Whether you know it, They just are. Now, other serious charges? Absolutely. A whole different story. Uh, it, it just is. And, again, I make people mad. i tell you what I think. And you're welcome to agree or disagree with that. But they leverage these things. It's a risk-reward ratio in any professional sport or even at Burger King. I mean, it's a risk-reward. I got a guy that does great on the grill, but he shows up late four out of six days. At some point, the risk ain't worth the reward, Jay. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we'll get into this on uh, – I think we're up against a break, but uh, I'll be, I, I don't take issue with a lot of what you're saying um, because I think you're, you're right, particularly about risk-reward, but I – I'm wondering right now if, let's say ULM, for example, or Tech, if, if you got a guy right now that's had, gotten a little bit of hot water, maybe blown some weed or something in the past and rested for it, and he's, a, he's basically a 1,500-yard 1500 yard rusher at Wisconsin, at this point, do you not just roll the dice and say, yeah, let's take him? Because I think uh, this is getting to the point, huh? I mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't, my job's not on the line like that, but. You got to win, and I made a living doing this for twenty something years, Jamie. Taking transfer students, betting them. I'll tell you what my litmus test was. When we returned. Let's go. Let's this go to that talk. on the other side. Yeah, you're listening to Sports Talk ninety seven seven. Terry Walter, Jamie Fox. December brought to you by our friends at Vantage and at Bottomell. Pair of the best special people in your life, folks. 
Hook them up with the Spottavale gift certificate. 318 807 1060. Spottavale, Lemmy Lane, Monroe. Back on Memento, La Edge. And welcome back in Sports Talk 97.7. Walter, Jamie Fox on a Monday. Thanks for spending part of your morning with us. We're always appreciative of you joining in with us. Bunch of texts out there. Uh, you're welcome to hit us up as well. 888-993-7762. Agree, disagree. I like both. Because uh, the one thing I think we do on the edge, Jamie, and I think we've done this for a number of years, I've always been very appreciative of the platform that uh, – that Gary and Ed and, and also Sean uh, has allowed me to have, and even going back to uh, to Nick White when he was running things, is that we can agree to disagree. I just think that you need to talk about stuff because it right. gets information out there. Agree or disagree really doesn't matter. But, but you, you asked during the break, and I do want to cover this. And, again, let me say this is just my personal experience. Uh, it's no better or worse than anyone else's. Uh you know, but you asked me about vetting transfers. I dealt with transfers as a Division One coach, as a junior college coach, as a NAI Division One coach. And transfers come for various reasons. Transfers come a lot of times because the coaching staff at the Division One school either takes another job or gets fired. So the guys that recruited these kids are no longer there, and it's new people, and they're looking for a better fit, perhaps. Sometimes it's academically related. Sometimes it's character related. Uh, everybody vets, folks. If you have a job, a business that you own, you're the McDonald's manager, you're going to try to do somewhat of a vetting process on your employees, uh, some more so than others. And what I mean by that, the more responsibility, the more you're going to pay them, the more you want to make sure that they're going to be able to do the job that you request or that you're hiring them for. Same process, in, Jamie, in vetting uh, players that are transferring. Mm-hmm. You look at what the issue – you know, my first question was, we would get a call, a kid's leaving Texas State, or a kid is leaving Arkansas Little Rock, or New Mexico State, wherever that is. And the first call that you make is to the coaches there. Hey, what's the deal? Why, why is the kid leaving? And coaches, by and large, will tell each other the truth. By and large. Uh, sometimes they'll negate certain things. They'll leave out certain things. Well, okay, what's well, Coach? You know, he's a 6'4", uh, three-man. He just really doesn't fit the style that we're, we're looking for. Uh, we got players better than him. Personality-wise, he's not hitting it off with a head coach. Uh, you know, there's been some legal issues. Well, what's that? Well, you know, he failed a drug test. Was it just one? Uh, or has he failed six of them? And you're going to ask the kid the same thing. So you do your research. You talk to the high school coaches. You talk to the AAU coaches. You talk to anybody involved in the kid. And you talk to the kid. What's the issue here? And to the best of your ability, you come up with a recommendation to your head coach. Or if you're the head coach, if you're the one doing it, you know, you got to answer to an athletic director and a president. And so you're putting all those things together, and it's still an inexact science. Personally, Jamie, and it's just me personally, I, I never took somebody ever that had any kind of violence against women. I just wouldn't do it. All right? Uh, had I taken kids to the failed drug test? Yes. Uh, made some bad decisions? Yes. But 
a just a complete criminal uh, with multiple criminal behavior issues. No, I wouldn't do it. Now, and we ended up playing. I, I turned down a kid from the University of Kansas one time. A starter from the University of Kansas, uh, simply because so many negatives came back, and I didn't think I could manage him. I really did not think I'd be able to manage him. And uh, truth be known, uh, he ended up. I played against him, and he was really, really good. And at the end of the day, they couldn't manage him either. And uh, basically, he imploded that entire program, and uh, eventually caused the coach to lose his job. And so wow. it was just a gut feeling on my part. And sometimes you get seduced by talent. The guy's so good, you overlook every other characteristic that he may have. But the older you get, the more you're realizing. Uh, again, Jenny, I wouldn't take a criminal. I, I would take somebody academically lazy that I thought, you know, if you, if you qualified in Division One, that tells me academically you can do it. You might have gotten lazy. You might have had bad advice. You might have had a rough time in your life. There's a bunch of different reasons. But could I manage you academically? Could I manage you athletically? That was the litmus test that, that we tried to run. And for the most part, we were uh, very highly, highly successful in managing the academic and the athletic parts of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, kudos for that because I think, you know, we, we do talk about second chances a lot, and it just depends on, like you said, the kid from Kansas just wasn't worth the uh, – wasn't worth the uh, – Excuse me, I'm all choked up over here. wasn't worth the aggravation it was going to cause. The uh, return on investment just wasn't going to be there. And as you said, the coach eventually lost his job, which happens a lot nowadays. Just ask Scott Cross. And you've run a pretty clean program at, at UTA, and you still lose your job. And you win. So it's not fair uh, in the least. Um, with your Talking about kids in general, if you saw where some of these back, I mean, you recruited it, Terry. I mean, when you see some of the backgrounds, some of these young men come from, uh, you and you've told me point blank you've recruited kids who literally have a dirt floor. That's yeah. where they, that's what their background literally, uh, not too far from here, and it can happen, you know, if you just happen to have the ability to play at a high level. Yeah, you can punch your tickets, but a lot of things have to fall into place. Darius Geis now has an opportunity that he's always wanted. And I don't know about whether that situation in Philadelphia, I don't know who's telling the truth. I don't know who was telling the truth about the draft questions. I don't know what is in Darius Geis's past. But I do know, as of right now, he's a member of the Washington Redskins, or about to be. You, This is a once-in-a-lifetime, this is life-changing money. Same thing with Arden Key. Every kid has an opportunity uh, that gets drafted, even as an undrafted free agent. You know, uh, we saw a kid, you know, Boston Scott from Louisiana Tech, walked on. From Zachary High School, all about five six, hopefully five seven, hopefully five eight now, but he has now got an opportunity to make the New Orleans Saints special teams. Whatever, heard him interviewed this morning on the morning drive. Wow, blown away by this kid's character. I don't know who raised this young man. I don't know what they did, but the influence in his life apparently very positive it sounds like he was raised by a single mom with two other siblings 
He talked about that emotional phone call with his mother. He was fine until she he knew she was choking up on the other end of the phone. That is what this is all about, is you have now a chance. So even, you know, these players that have these problems in their past, you now have this opportunity. And I just hope it works out. I really do. I really hope it works out for Boston Scott because there's nobody, you know, he's this is a kid who absolutely has earned it. Nobody gave him anything. He had to earn his scholarship. He earned it as a walk-on. So, anyway, a lot to get into. I'd love to discuss some more of this tomorrow because I think it is so important, particularly on the tail end of the draft, and it bleeds over a little bit into the NBA as well. No question about it. Good stuff today, Jamie. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks to our sponsors, Washington Valley Federal Credit Union. Our president, Spina Bell, Vantage. Our man, Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, G.B. Cooley, Robert E. Support of Worthwhile Cause, we have Special Olympics. And our title sponsor, Dr. David Weber, North Winter Animal Hospital, the best pet care you're going to get anywhere in the free world, folks. Go see him on US 165 North Winter Road, 318 345 4545. For Jamie Fox, for John Tabor, I am Terry Walter. Aloha. See you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Edge with Terry Waldrop. No matter what the topic, Terry will take it all. He's not scared, and you better not be either. We want to see you right back here every single weekday. Missed it? No problem. You can catch the podcast on iTunes and in the Google Play Store. We live.